Hey everyone, welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics. And I know at the end of last week's episode, we said that we probably wouldn't have an episode this week, but a lot happened. And we just wanted to do a quick little mini episode just to have something out there because otherwise I feel like we're going to have so much to catch up on. Yeah, because next week I don't think we're going to be able to do an episode because Ashley's going to be in Virginia. Yeah, gone on a work trip again. So so we don't want to be two weeks behind. So this is kind of just like the quick hits of what happened in week three of NCAA Gymnastics. And then also... Some of you may have saw on social media, at least on X, that Ashley and I did something really, really big and cool. And I'm sure a lot of you probably have questions about it (laughs) or just want to hear us talk about it. So at this point in time, we can't say too much specifically about it. Down the line, we can talk about all of the things, but... Well, first of all, we should probably say what it is. Oh, I know. I was building up to it. Okay. Well, I'm like, the suspense. Some people on Twitter or X, I mean, probably no, but. Oh, uh, yeah, no, for sure. But I was building the suspense. I was getting there, okay? (laughs) So uh, we kind of teased it also, I think, at the end of last week's episode. But we can finally reveal now that we took a little trip down to Plano, Texas to film and do an interview with the one and only Gabby Douglas. Such a huge honor. So this is for, I should probably start by clarifying that this is for Inside Gymnastics, which if you listen frequently to the podcast, you probably know that that is me, Ashley. Hi, that's my job. And (laughs) that is what this opportunity was for. It's not for the podcast. Um, However, most of you probably know that Brittany is most definitely my partner in crime and helps me with a lot of things relating to my job, which I'm super grateful for. And, and I'm also super grateful for because I feel like I've gotten some of the opportunities of a lifetime just by being your twin. Yeah. <laughs> so Inside Gymnastics. Shout out to you. <laughs> Inside Gymnastics is a smaller team than people probably think it is. And it's just very convenient to have somebody who's not only willing to do all the things, but is able to, like, has the knowledge of it and has the skills to do some of the things that we need done. And um, who lives with me. Like, you don't have to pay for two separate Ubers to the airport. Cause, or like, two hotels. Right, because we're just, we're a group, you know, we're a unit. So Brittany does accompany me to a lot of work things when I need help. Which I think may be confusing for some people, because we've definitely seen some people online at various points, mm-hmm. like, talking about us in relation to Inside Gem or, like, Ashley's role in this podcast slash Inside Gem. And so I feel like every once in a while, we just kind of like to do a little, like reminder reminder for people who are new to the podcast like kind of what the role is so i Brittany, do not work for inside gymnastics like ashley just said i help out on occasion for ashley that is her full-time job and this podcast is something that we do together but it's really just like a side passion and hobby yeah for us not anyone's job so anyways with that being said because it's for inside gymnastics and the story hasn't come out yet There's not really a whole lot of details that we can get into yet here on the podcast because it just wouldn't be right to do that. And we will in the future, like once the story comes out and people have a chance to read it and watch it because it'll be a video feature on the Inside Gymnastics YouTube channel as well. Once all of that is out there, then we're free to answer any questions that you guys have about it. More specifically, like I know a lot of people are going to want to know like how she looked and, 
you know, what kind of stuff she was training and things like that. Um, We can answer specific questions a little bit later. (laughs) But just for now, we just wanted to say that that's what we were doing last last Friday. Yeah. (laughs) So we flew in on Thursday night and we did it Friday and then went back home. So we missed what we're going to get into here in a little bit with some of the craziness that happened on Friday in college gymnastics. We missed like everything this weekend between the flight there, spending basically all of the morning and early afternoon on Friday in the gym and then flying home immediately that night and not yeah. getting home until like two in the morning. It was a really chaotic trip, which we can maybe get into that in a minute. But, yeah. Um, but we I didn't get a chance to watch anything. So we've been no. spending this whole week now trying we, to catch up. Yeah. <laughs> While also balancing school for me, I started school, of course, this week on top of it, internship, (laughs) Ashley has her other work stuff, so that's why the podcast is late, and it's also why the podcast isn't going to be edited in the way that it normally is, and it's also why it's going to be short, hopefully, (laughs) although we do have a tendency to talk a lot. Yeah, we're five minutes in, we we haven't said anything of substance yet. Um, So I'll start by just saying that, obviously, it's a huge honor to be able to interview Gabby. Um, Her mom was there. Her sister was there. They still work very closely with Gabby and a lot of the media things that she does. And, of course, her agents. And, you know, her mom and sister were saying that she's had a lot of interview requests, obviously, and has turned down pretty much every single one, aside from this one, which is the highest compliment for me, the highest honor um, I don't I don't even know how to put it into words. I have a hard time even just like believing that it happened. Yeah. Um even I'm just really saying proud it now. <laughs> I'm really proud of you. And I feel like this is like the best example of shoot your shot. Um and, and a lesson I think for anybody in life, I feel like this was something that people told you wasn't possible. Like certain people believed it wasn't possible. And you were like, you know what? I'm just gonna send the email and like see how it goes. And it's the fact that it, it worked and it happened. Yeah. Um, so I, which I think is just a really cool testament to like this idea that if you don't try, the answer is always going to be no. Mm-hmm. So that's just like a little like inspirational message that I want to put out there on Ashley's behalf because <laughs> she's an icon for that. She does not, she does not often take no for an answer, but she also is not afraid to try things or to put herself out there. And for that, you're my hero. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, I, I like, I'm being so serious. Like that is genuinely like this happened because of you. Well, I appreciate that. And I want you to get the recognition for that and to be proud and get all the love because like this hundred percent happened because of you and like your belief that it could happen. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, I still like, we're like three days past it now and I still can't believe that it happened. We're past three days, aren't we? Um, Saturday, Sunday. Monday, today, Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So basically four days. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I, I made it sound like that we were like significantly past. I guess no, three it, to four is not that much. No, but it's not even a week. I feel like it's been a blur though. It it has been. Um, but so cool. Um, something that I'm so grateful that we got the opportunity to do, and that Gabby trusted, you know, me and us enough with her story to you know let us in and to talk for the first time in a long time she hadn't done an interview in a very long time and she was really really nervous she was very nervous but she did really good I think yeah and I literally said to her I'm like if anyone should be nervous it's me not you being nervous to be interviewed by me like (laughs) it's the other way around Gabby but she was Um, really nice super down to earth she looked mm -hmm. super happy yeah and even while training so we got to watch a little bit of practice in the morning. It was about an hour and a half. I got to turn my sound off. Hold on. Go ahead. About an hour and a half of practice. And 
Um, there wasn't a very large group of athletes in the gym at the time. It was like a couple, like little babies, and then the elites. So like uh, Hesley Rivera, um, Levi Yonruvavar, Madre Johnson, Claire Peace, uh, Paloma Spiridonova, and Uisoma. I think were all the ones that were there, if I'm not mistaken. That, not, that's the elite. Group. I'm like trying to think if I'm missing anybody. But yeah, it was just the, the Woga elites. And then, of course, Gabby and... We got to watch Bars and Beam. And she looks great. She looks so good. Like, stronger than ever before. It's like she seriously never left the gym. Yeah. She's doing new skills. Um, She looks super happy while doing it. She looks relaxed. Yeah, even when she was making mistakes, just seeing how she would respond to that. Like, she would be, like, cracking up at herself. Yeah. She and was very, very light. This is probably typical for elite gymnasts. We're so used to seeing, like, college athletes in practice. Um, I was really amazed by just how quickly she got up and like went again like whether it was a mistake or not it was just like turn after turn after turn after turn Mm -hmm. and she moved so quick that Brittany was doing the video and I felt bad for her because she's like trying to get different angles and she's moving around and she's wearing heels I was gonna say and mind you I'm wearing (laughs) heels not like skinny height heels but like heel boots heel boots that have like a thicker heel but it's still very much a workout for your quads and And your like ankles you wore it for like fashion purposes which Gabby did compliment she did compliment the fits (laughs) but thank god that was like the thing that I was worried about (laughs) not the most practical for filming so Brittany definitely felt it the next couple of days oh my god I could barely walk through the airport on the way home (laughs) feet were literally bricks <laughs> i was like walking in like a two-year-old having a temper tantrum it was the airport it was worth it though but i'm just watching Brittany like struggle to move around super fast and keep up with gabby as she like goes and goes and goes and goes so i was really impressed by that and i was, I was impressed by like, gabby and i was impressed by Brittany's ability to film it all i was also being conscious of like where i was standing because valeri told us to like stand on the outside and so at first when i first got in there i'm like super nervous and i'm like I'm going to follow, like, every order, like, two You're like, I'm going to stand up against the wall completely? No, literally. And then the more time passed, I started to get a little bit more, like, comfortable, and so I got a little more confident. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to walk through here and go to the other side, and I'm going to go stand over here, even though I wasn't completely, like, up against the wall. Um, and it was fine because I think I, I was getting good shots. You're still in the outer edge. I was in the outer edge. I he wasn't just meant don't like walk right up to the beam, and which know. I wouldn't do anyways. But right? Yeah. So I think I got like more comfortable the more I was doing it and the more I was there. But the gym <laughs> is like very very nice. Uh, I'm just thinking of like random things that we can maybe talk about. Uh-huh. And it was so cool to be there. Oh yeah, that too. Like just being little kids who looked up to Carly Patterson and seeing and like Nastia as well and seeing all like the fluff pieces they used to do on the broadcasts and the seeing outside the, of the gym. Yeah, seeing the gym and then actually being there in the gym is just so weird. Yeah. And so cool. Walking in, I was like, Oh my god. Like, I'm at Wolga right now. Literally. And it's in, like, the shopping center. Like, it looks like it would be where Kroger is located, but it's Wolga. It's, like, where the best gym is in the world train. Yeah. They have, like, a tire shop, like, right next door. I don't even know what's on the other side of it. But, yeah, it's, like, a shopping plaza or whatever. So, the location is definitely kind of weird. Um, but the gym itself is super nice. Mm-hmm. My impression, just being in there, was that it was, like, so clean. Like, I think that's the cleanest gym that I've ever been in. And very well lit, too. Like, the lighting was really lighting good. Lighting was great. Lighting was A1. And then, like I said, with it being clean, I mean, in terms of, like, chalk even. Like, the fact that I was up and down and all over that gym and I left with, like, no chalk on me well, is very impressive. And notable, too, is that as soon as everyone left and we were, like, doing the interview and all that, somebody was, like, immediately going around cleaning the gym. 
Like and it was already clean. In my yeah, but she was like mopping everything and like they just, they keep it clean. It, it was pristine. So definitely like a world-class facility. Like that was my lasting impression. But anyways, I cannot wait for you guys to see the story. I can't wait for you guys to see the video. Make sure you subscribe to get the issue with Gabby's story in it. Um, you can do that at shopinsidenation.com. It's going to be the issue that comes out following the one with Trinity Thomas on the cover, which is going to be the next issue that comes out. So hopefully very soon. Okay, promo. <laughs> well, I just feel like, you know, there's going to be portions of it that are posted, but all the photos and the the real in-depth yeah, stuff. Yeah, there was also a photo shoot. Yes. Um, so to see the full thing, you really should subscribe. And also, it directly supports Ashley and the good work that she's doing. You can think about it that way, too. Absolutely. Okay, so we're going to real quickly just touch on some of the madness from this weekend. Again, we didn't really have a chance to watch a whole lot. Um, We're still kind of playing catch up. But there's one meet in particular that we feel like we have to address because WTF. (laughs) (laughs) The one thing that I think was not on a single person's bingo card going into the season, and that was... (laughs) Who the first one I needed of the season would go to? Did you predict Ball State? I actually did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody predicted Ball State being no. the first one. I, I Brenner texted us when we were on the plane going home, saying that Ball State was the first one I needed of the season, and I'm like, she has to be seeing something wrong. Like, this, yeah. this has to be false. There's no way it's true. So Ball and State, and sure enough, <laughs> they had never even gone one nine seven. Like they quite literally just stepped over that benchmark, and we're like, we're gonna go one nine eight. Yeah. So obviously, that's not real. Right? Like, the 198 score also should mention that nobody really has seen video of this meet because it wasn't streamed. So, other than individual routines that have been posted by the schools, we don't actually know how accurate the scoring was based off the routines. I think looking at what these teams have historically, and in recent years even, scored, like you just mentioned, a team that hasn't even gone 197 in their program history, and, and in recent years has not gone 197, suddenly going over 198. Yeah. You just naturally kind of come to the conclusion that, like, some overscoring happened. Yeah, well, and it's also worth noting that every single team, so there was two sessions. This was at the Tennessee Collegiate Classic, by the way. There was two sessions, and every single team broke their program record, which is a little bit like, okay, come on. So it was over, at least the scoring was consistent. Yeah, <laughs> like, but that's like, good. come on. <laughs> so yeah, we, we, it's hard to say for sure without actually seeing the scores, but I think it's kind of fair to assume given that these were lower ranked teams and everybody was scoring like three points higher than they normally do. Right. <laughs> so Ball State, they got a one nine eight zero two five, that- which... You're going to say the same thing as me. <laughs> so <laughs> go ahead. So at the same time, ready? One, two, three. That's the, the highest, highest score, score ever, ever in from... Mac. <laughs> okay, so if you didn't hear that, we just said it's the highest score ever for a team in the Mac, which is the Mid-American Conference. <laughs> which is very exciting for them to now have that record to their program history. But like Ashley said, Ball State, the first two meets of the season went one nine four and nine two five. Then the second week they went one nine five six five. So this one and eight score was basically three points higher than what they were doing the first two weeks of the season. They went 49.775 on bars. Okay, Oklahoma. (laughs) And they got a 49.625 on floor. Okay, Oklahoma. (laughs) 
Three athletes got tens. Suki Fister on vault, Zoe Middleton, and Megan Teeter on bars. And then Carly Franz from Kent State also got a 10 on floor. Um, so she's tied for first in the nation right now on floor. And then Kent State, largely because of this massive result for them, is second in the nation overall on floor. Yeah, because they also had Alyssa Guns and Heidi Schultz go 9.975. And they had other scores that were 9.9 plus in that rotation as well. So it was a monstrous floor rotation for Kent State. Um, right now, the MAC is currently tied through week three for the most tens in NCAA gymnastics with the SEC. <laughs> so, again, who had this on their bingo right. card? Like, the Pac-12, sure. The Big Ten, sure. The MAC conference? They don't even get tens, period. They didn't even... No, right? Like, I do this little graphic thing for Inside Gym where I track all of the tens, which I, by the way, I forgot Lindsay Ockler from SEMO who got a 10 on bars. And it was because of all the craziness with the weekend. I totally missed one. But anyways, I do this graphic and last year there was no tens in the Mac. Like it was pretty much just the power There's five. There's like no tens ever for the Mac. And to be perfectly clear, I'm not saying that the Mac doesn't deserve tens. There are absolutely athletes in the Mac conference that deserve tens or just higher scoring in general that they usually don't get. Um, but like this many all in one weekend was a little bit. It, it's much. odd for the Mac conference. Like it, it is very unusual. Yeah. They got the SEC treatment in like one day. Basically. Yeah. Every single team is going to be signing up for that Tennessee Collegiate Classic next year. <laughs> oh, and then it like sets your expectations high because you see teams at that meet scoring 198. And then you watch like a random Big Ten meet or a Pac 12 meet. And it's like people are going like mid. 197, low 197, high 196, like in right. that range. Like Florida, not impressed. Right. Ball State, coming for that natty. <laughs> it definitely like alters, I don't want to say the expectation, but like it's a mental shift from watching a team score that high, seeing a team score that high, and then watching other teams throughout the country doing similar, if not better gymnastics and scoring like a point. Or more lower. So the overall scores we mentioned: Ball State's one nine eight zero two five, Kent State came in second with a one nine seven seven two five, Simo got a one nine seven zero five, and UW Whitewater got a one nine four. Did I say that weird? Kind of. UW Whitewater got a one nine four four five. That was the second session, and then in the first session there was Lindenwood. With a one nine seven zero seven five, which is a huge score for them. NIU with a one nine six four, and then Fisk with a one nine three four. Where are you seeing NIU with a one nine six four? You made that up. It's a one nine six, one nine six flat, according to what you wrote here. It's not that. Okay, well then something was wrote wrong because it says one nine six one nine six four. So what is it? Fisk got a one nine three four, which also is a program high for Fisk. NIU. Had a one nine six four. So what did Fisk? Oh wait, Fisk got a one nine three. That must just have been a typo on my thing. Okay. But yeah, so that's program uh, records for everybody. every single team. So the lesson here is, if you want to break a program record, go to this meet next year. <laughs> and I also want to say, I saw so many people ripping Ball State in particular online for their one nine eight score, and I just feel like one, it's not the athlete's fault. But I also saw a lot of like really ridiculous, I don't know if suggestions is the word that I'm looking for, but somebody that I saw online said that the team shouldn't be like acknowledging the accolades or the one nine eight. Or that they should like put out a statement. And somebody said they should put out a statement basically like, like, I don't know what. We do not condone the actions of the judges at the meet this weekend. Like, they're not going to do that. I'm just like, be for real. Like that, no team does that. And I think that's my point. Like, 
every team gets overscored every weekend you could say like right overscoring happens on a weekly basis especially for the top teams like if we're gonna start putting out statements every time a team gets overscored that we're gonna be seeing statements every single weekend 50 times over right and i understand that like as fans that's frustrating to see teams get like ridiculously overscored like that but it's not the athlete's fault and i also feel like for them to go 198 they still had to have had a really good performance. Like, they were not having an off day and just magically scoring a 198. They were probably, honestly, more like a 197, which still would have been a program record for them. I mean, it's impossible to say without actually seeing the routine. It is impossible to say. But, like, you get what I'm saying? Like, the standard of what 198 gymnastics looks like. Obviously, a team like Ball State is not going to have the pointed toes, the straight legs, the, the finesse. Um, yeah, the details aren't the there. the details that a lot of the top pro- programs are going to have. But I bet you they were sticking most, if not all, of their landings. It probably was a better meet than they normally have. But I also think scoring was absolutely probably ridiculous oh 100 percent. but also i think but like they obviously had a good meet like they weren't counting falls they weren't counting massive wobbles i mean i wouldn't necessarily say that you're telling me that they were having like people crumbling and they were going well i wouldn't say crumbling but judges give things tens when there's hops you know what I mean? Like I'm not saying that the tens were deserved, and I'm also not saying that the one nine eight was deserved. I'm saying that those athletes, for them to even get anywhere near that one nine eight score, they had to have done good. It was a good meet for Ball State. It was a good meet for Kent State, um, and for that reason, they they deserve to be proud. Um, and so I don't like the insinuation that they should be like not talking about this accomplishment or that the, the university needs to put out a statement or the, the team well, Twitter account has to put out a statement. Like, right. No, we're not doing that for other teams that get overscored way more often than these teams do. Well, and ultimately it's not the school or the team's responsibility to apologize or take accountability for the judging mistakes. Yeah, like the judges are the ones that are accountable for that, not the athlete, not the team. At the end of the day, they showed up, they competed, they were given these scores, and they're going to celebrate the outcome. And like I said, they did good. And again, it sounds kind of like weird to say that because we didn't really see them because there was no stream. But personally, I believe you don't get even when you're being massively overscored, a 198, if you had a bad meet. Like, at the very, very least, they had a good meet. It was probably going to be a program record meet for them, regardless. Because a 197 score would have been a program record for and them. And that's, like, a point. And you could take <laughs> a point of deductions off of their all of their routines, and it still probably would have been either a program record or close to a program record. Yeah, I don't I don't doubt that this So what is... I'm just saying is, like, these athletes still deserve to be proud, and they still deserve to... Um, like celebrate that achievement just like every other top team does when their athletes get tens or they get one nine eights or program records. Um, like let the Mac have this because the Mac is very frequently overlooked and also does not always get the same level of scoring, the same generous <laughs> treatment when it comes to scoring. Well, at the end of the day, the it's... big 10, the big 12, the PAC 12 and the SEC. Yeah. And it's not going to matter at the end of the day because eventually NQS is going to take over and the score is just going to get dropped anyways. Right. It's not going to be like a continuous issue. Yeah. Um, and it's not even going to affect the outcome of the season. Like it's not going to affect rankings and the postseason and who goes to regionals and all that like it was a one-time thing let them have it that's my opinion (laughs) and so with ball state getting the first one and eight of the season oklahoma said hold my beer we're not doing this and they went up and posted a one and eight three two five the next day in a meet that i would say was actually fairly 
accurate in terms of scoring. So that's super impressive. And again, I think Oklahoma, similar to what we said in the past two weeks, they still have little areas where they can improve. And they're scoring as high as they're scoring in meets that have not been the highest scoring. Like these quad meets, the Mean Girls meet, whatever the one week two was that they were at. The one in Utah. The one in Utah, The collegiate yeah. quad. Yep. And then this meet this weekend. Oklahoma's been actually in some like tougher scoring meets where the judges aren't throwing out gifts left and right. What would they have done if Oklahoma was at the meet in Tennessee? Oh my God, it would have been like a perfect score. The first 200 ever? Yeah. <laughs> or like really close to it, probably. <laughs> oh my gosh that's interesting to think about yeah it is but anyways um i saw somebody say this on twitter and i agree with it 100 percent. somebody needs to do a documentary all these gymnastic documentaries are happening but someone needs to do one on kj kittler oh my gosh or like she needs to write a book or something like something <laughs> when she retires at least like we need to know her secrets oh absolutely i'm reading Suzanne yaklin's book right now oh yeah i, I would definitely read kj kindler's book or watch a documentary at the very least that's a gym that i would love to go into and just watch a practice and just like be a fly on the wall and observe mm-hmm. oh, wouldn't we all <laughs> that would be so interesting a couple other quick shout outs from the weekend cal is holding strong in second place in the rankings with the 197533 lsu is third they went 198125 which wasn't really accurate in my opinion i watched that meet back and i kind of felt like it was more of like a mid to high 197 type meet but they're looking stronger than they've looked in the first two weeks which is very exciting for them still ranked first on floor so lsu is continuing to build arkansas is in fourth and in the top 10 on every single event which is pretty incredible this is their highest ranking i think ever in history and the fact that they've maintained that going into week four is super impressive yeah arkansas looks really really good so got to give it to jay weaves and you know the coaches over there at Arkansas and the team—they they look incredible. And Kentucky, their seventh, along with Arkansas, another SEC team that I think has really elevated their level of performance this year. They're looking super confident, consistent. They seem hungry. Like you can tell with every performance that they're putting everything they have into it, mm-hmm. and it means something to them. Um, I think that they want to be in that night session at SECs, but these are also two teams that want to make it to nationals and and maybe even make it onto the Final Four. So. You can tell how hungry they are and how much they want it. And they are not taking any week for granted. They are going out there every week and using it as an opportunity to like prove why they're one of the best teams in the SEC, but also in the entire country. And so now we gear up for week four, which I feel like this is the point in the season where things really start to take shape. At this point in time, a lot of these teams have multiple meets under their belt. Um, They're starting to refine their routines, kind of get their footing a little bit. So we mentioned a team like Arkansas. I'm really curious to see how they're going to hang in there as the weeks continue. I think the beginning of the season is a little tricky because if a team has a really good meet or even a really bad meet, that is going to show in the rankings and it's going to impact the rankings for several weeks. So, you know, Arkansas can come out the gate and like, go high 197 or mid 197 and be ranked fourth but like they could start tanking at this point or it could just take one meet that's not good or like just average and then they're gonna see a significant drop in the rankings because it's all done by average so this is where it gets interesting is because i think when you have one or two weeks under your belt i think the rankings are gonna look a little bit different But when you start to have four, five, six meets, you really start to see where teams fall and that kind of starts to take shape. So 
really looking forward to see, like I said, how Arkansas hangs in there. Um, I think there's still several teams that are ranked a little bit lower in the rankings that still have a lot of room to improve and are kind of looking to drop a score or two. Michigan has that 1958 score from week one they're looking to drop. MSU has like two, I think, mid-low 196 scores. UCLA has a lower score that they're counting. Actually, they might have two lower scores. I yeah. can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but for example, any of those types of teams, now that they're hopefully starting to kind of, you know, get their footing a little bit and they have a few weeks under their belt, the hope would be that you'll see scoring kind of start to be a little bit more consistently where they want it to be or maybe where we expected it to be. And right around the time that NQS kicks in, you could see a UCLA, an MSU, a Michigan really like jump in the rankings. Yeah, several spots. We actually did the math on this. I think right now at this exact point in time, if you drop the lowest score for all of the top teams, Michigan would go from 10th to 4th. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's an example of, like... And you could do the same thing with, like, Michigan State. I think they would jump significantly. Yeah. So, this is where it's going to get interesting. It's not so much what teams have, like, the highest score or which team has the lowest score at this point in time out of the top teams, obviously. It really matters, like, consistently what the performances look like. And I think now is the point in the season where we really start to see that take shape. So, this is the part of the season where it gets really fun and it gets really interesting. And we kind of start to make our predictions... Because you're starting to see what each of these teams are made of. Okay, so we're going to wrap up the episode here. I know we said it was a mini episode. It ended up being kind of like a normal <laughs> episode. No, our normal, epi- our normal episodes have been like an hour. They've been lately, but that's also not normal. Like, we've had them be shorter in the past. I think a half hour was good. I think that's about what I expected it to be. No, it's, I'm fine with it. We got to, like, say all the things we got to say. You know no, I mean? for sure. I definitely don't want to, like, cut anything short. So that's it for this week three kind of, like, mini episode. Like I mentioned off the very top, I don't know if we're going to have anything next week. Again, just kind of, like, stay tuned. If we can do it, we'll do it. Um, Ashley's going to be gone all weekend. And then she comes back and I'm busy with school and internships and then the weeks get kind of crazy and then we get into the following weeks then week four kind of becomes irrelevant at that point so we'll see what we can do i mean we did say last week we weren't gonna we've done that a lot we often say we're not gonna do it because of xyz and then we end up doing something we do have a history of doing that we're overachievers and we just i cannot sometimes like i can't sit back I gotta like you gotta get in there yeah you gotta talk about it (laughs) so so there, there is a possibility that we may end up posting something but just wanted to give you a heads up in case we don't yeah because sometimes if we don't post on monday people will message us and be like where's the episode and then i feel bad so (laughs) just saying it now probably not gonna have one on monday but you might get something midweek or you might not (laughs) stay tuned and we hope you all have an amazing rest of your week love you guys bye love you